Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Dogman Encounters Radio. I'm Vic Cundiff and I'll be your host for the show. If you've had a Dogman Encounter of your own and would like to speak with me, whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you. Tonight's guest is Jared. Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you, Vic. Thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. Oh, it's great having you. Please give us a brief bio on yourself. Well, as you heard, my name is Jared. I'm from New York. I was born in Saratoga, born and raised New Yorker. I'm an avid fisherman, or was an avid fisherman, I should say. And I love the outdoors as much as anybody out there. I used to hike every day, spend my days in the Adirondacks in New York. And I've uh, always considered myself to be a fairly decent woodsman, and that's about it. Well, that sounds like a good way to live your life to me. When you were a kid, did your mom used to tell you that monsters didn't exist? She didn't tell me monsters did not exist. She actually believed in some things like Bigfoot and others, ghosts and whatnot, but she would not believe in uh, werewolves, dogmen-like creatures at all, as I told her when I was a child. Well, that would make her any different than most people, so we can't hold that against her. Well, certainly not. I don't blame her whatsoever, trust me. Oh, no, that's totally understandable. 
From what I understand, though, for the last 30 years or so, your mom's had to eat crow because she had her own dogman encounter. Did she apologize for being wrong to you? Yes, she did, actually. She uh, came home one night, uh, trembly, told me she'd seen exactly what I told her, existed this whole time. And uh, it was pretty remarkable, actually, to see her actually admit that, and I appreciated it, trust me. And I finally had somebody to talk to about it. Oh, I'm sure you did appreciate that. Well, I didn't want my mother to have to go through that. Well, it is a shame she had to go through that, but at least she does understand and can help support you now. <laughs> For sure. We're definitely together on it. You say you've had problems with dogmen all of your life, Jared. How old were you when you started having experiences with them? I was five years old, and the year would be 1985. Wow, you started early. When you had those experiences as a kid, where did you live? Hadley, New York. Upstate New York. Is Hadley pretty overgrown with timber, or what does it look like? It's a mountainous region of New York. It's definitely all full of timber, all sorts of undergrowth. got your normal hardwood and softwood layers of the woods. There's a bunch of undergrowth that looks like any part of the Appalachian Mountain Range you can imagine. All right, Jared, what kind of experiences did you have back then? Well, when I was five years old, I was an extremely curious, adventurous little guy. And I would love nothing more than to go out in the woods and look for snakes or salamanders or whatever might be out there underneath the leaves and the rocks and, you know, the log of the forest. And I'm sure I gave my mother a heart attack more than once trying to find me deep in the woods and she couldn't and I'd come running out the woods and she'd be more than happy to see me. That being said, I think one day I may have stirred up a dog man because, uh, one night, after I got home from my adventures, I was going to sleep on my couch. And I, every night I would watch the little TV we had in the living room and our little silver trailer we had. It was like a little streamline, I don't know what you call it, airstream trailer type thing. And it wasn't a very big trailer. It was about 30 feet long, 40 at the most. It's a little trailer. And I heard something trying to get into the door. And when I looked up, I noticed a white dog-like or wolf-like creature trying to get into my house or the trailer. And it had its head in with its right foot already in with its muzzle covered in blood and the right foot and hawk, I guess you would call it, would be half covered and like looked like blood or something was on it. That was red anyways. And it was really trying to work its way in really good. Like, not being overly loud, but trying to be quiet and sneak in. It really wasn't paying too much attention to me. It didn't seem. It looked like it was moving its head back at one side and back to the other, like it couldn't fit its chest or its rest of its shoulders through. And I believe if it would have put its other foot in and just laid on its back and came in that way, it might have succeeded. And I'm very grateful it didn't. So it scared me so bad that I blacked out for, uh, I have to say, a few seconds because the next thing I know, I'm in my mother and father's arms just screaming in the bed. And they're asking me what's the matter. And I'm, I don't even know if I could tell them at the time. And my father went running out there and I thought I heard something. My father 
maybe roughing around with something or something like that, but that could have just been a little boy's hopes, you know, chasing a monster out the door. <laughs> but I don't think that was the case. I don't think he's seen anything. I just believe it just quietly left. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. If you're an adult and have an experience like that, that's bad enough. But when you're five, laying on your own couch, watching this huge white dog man with blood on its face and leg trying to get into your living room with you, that's horrible. That's just awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, it's not really something you can explain. Um, You'd have to really go through something like that at that age. How are you supposed to tell a five-year-old anything? I mean, I didn't even know what I was looking at. And I, I say dog-like thing now. I didn't really... I didn't know what it was then. I had no idea. All I know is it was big or white, and it was trying to get in my house, and it had blood on it, and I was scared. Since you're only five, I have to ask this question. I'm not asking this to be mean or anything. I just want to be clear on this. Is there any way that this could have been a dream that you mistook for reality? Well, I'm glad you asked that. There's absolutely no way. No, I've had this memory my entire life. I know what dreams, nightmares are, etc. That was not a dream. I remember laying on the couch. I remember everything just like it was any regular memory. It wasn't a dream, though. From the way you describe it, it wasn't trying to aggressively fight its way into the living room there. It sounds like it was just kind of casually trying to get in. Is that true? Yeah, it was just trying to sneak its way in. It wasn't trying to bend any metal or anything like that. That's what you mean. It was seemed to be uh, trying to get in while we are all sleeping and do what it had to do with us even though I already had on his face. And, although, who knows what it was doing out there. It could have been fighting with something or didn't have to be eating, you know? The fact that it had blood on its face and on its leg, that makes it even creepier yet. Did you ever find out what animal the blood came from? Nope, we never found any mutilated animals or anything of that nature. I don't remember anybody finding anything, No. That blood could have come from anywhere then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Before you blacked out, do you remember how long you laid there and watched it try to get in? I want to say maybe 15 seconds before I 
totally lost it, and it's not like I just looked up and took off. I was still trying to see if it was grandma or something coming through the door. <laughs> I didn't really understand it, so it did take me a few seconds to grasp the gravity situation. Oh, that's all right. You did the best you could in a very difficult situation. Do you know if your parents ever heard it trying to get in? I don't. I never asked them that, actually. I think I may have ran it by my mother, but I don't even think she heard me. (laughs) And I never got an answer on it, so I don't think they did. Well, considering I'm going to have your mom on the show next week to tell us about her encounters, I'm going to have to ask her. I'll make a note on that. Yeah, that's a good question to ask. I'd like to know, too. Yeah, I'll definitely make sure that I ask her about that. Do you remember if the door was closed when you fell asleep? No, I I really don't. But my mother was pretty good about that. The door would have been closed that night. Do you think it would have been locked? No. You did tell me in the pre-interview that this happened in 85, didn't you? Yes, I was five years old. I was born in 80. Yeah, well, back then in 85, a lot of people out in the country didn't lock their doors, so there's nothing strange about that. Yeah, we always had our doors unlocked. I don't know why. No, a lot of people did that. That's no big deal. Your parents were definitely home at the time when this happened. I wonder why they didn't hear it. It wasn't all that loud. It was, like I said, they were in the back room and I'd be in the living room. I'd be out front. There was only one bedroom in that little trailer in the back. So they definitely would have been back there snoring away. It was probably two in the morning. Yeah, that does make sense. I sure hate to play the what-if game, but it sure makes you wonder what it would have done if it would have been able to get into the house. If it got in the house, it either would have hid from it whatever it was hiding from, which I doubt something like that would hide from anything, or it would have, you know, annihilated the whole family inside, including my baby sister at the time. Yeah, that's a pretty scary thought right there. When this was all going on and you were laying there on the couch watching this dog man trying to get in, do you remember if you were quiet or if you were screaming or making noise? I was pretty much quiet because, like I said, I was sort of in shock for at least 15 seconds. Then I blacked out from whichever, for whatever reason, and ever since then has been an ongoing issue with them. Yeah, sure sounds like it. Before that incident, had anything happened on or around your property that gave you or your parents the idea that some strange creature might have been hanging around? Not that I can remember, Vic. I can remember some of the stories and tales being told, or and, you know, but nothing to that magnitude. Oh, that's okay. When these things hang around, in a lot of cases, they don't leave much in the way of proof that they are there, so I'm not surprised you didn't notice anything. Did you have serious problems with nightmares because of that incident? Oh, yeah. Really bad nightmares my whole life. Like I told you, I always will have. I just happen to be lucky enough now to where I can uh, wake myself up a little quicker when I feel myself falling into one. Every now and then they get me, though, and I do wind up getting a pretty bad one. After an experience like that that was so intense, you're doing good not being in therapy because that is just so hard to deal with. Being a kid, too, I don't know if that helps or if that worsens the situation. Well, the fact that you're a kid, I guess in some ways that might help if you forgot the incident, which you didn't. But in other ways, it could definitely hurt. After all, you're only a kid. You're not going to be able to deal with stressful situations like that as effectively as an adult. So, wow, I really feel for you. Yeah, you can't. When you're a kid, I couldn't deal with it. It was above me and beyond. Oh, I'd say it'd be above and beyond any kid, especially a five-year-old. 
When you're asleep on the couch when you're five, that's the last thing in the world you'd ever expect to wake up and see. No, yeah, I couldn't even really process it, Vic. It was, I don't <laughs> like I said, it wasn't something easy to handle, that's for sure. All right, Jared, please tell us about the next experience you had after that. After that, I started to get harassed. Maybe on a nightly to every other night basis, they would tap on the windows, make scratching sounds, any kind of, like, thuds or just to get your attention to make sure that you knew that you were not alone and that it was there. And I used to go outside and look physically the next day to make sure there was nothing scraping the trailer, no twigs, no anything in the trailer, never was. So obviously it was something there. And what I've seen so far in my life was that white dog man thing, and that's what I assumed was harassing me. That's horrible. When most kids are worried about going out and playing pickup games of football or basketball or baseball, you had to deal with things like that. That's just too much. When you're a kid, it's a little different because you're experiencing life and you're learning as you go. I wasn't understanding fully what was going on. Yeah, that's an early education right there. Not easy to deal with. From what I understand, there was a time when you were in your grandmother's yard when you had another experience. What happened that time? Well, I was leaving my grandmother's house, and as I walked off her porch, she had an old-fashioned screen door that would make a real creaky noise, and it was shut hard. And I was walking around the corner, and there's a spot where the light would shine through the trees, and you can kind of see. And a big old black leg came and stepped right in the light and then removed itself, and it was a canid leg. And it was probably, I mean, it was up to my waist, probably, the hawk of it. And I seen it, and it just took off, and I ran home. It was real strange, and even I didn't understand what that was at the time either. I told my grandmother about it, and she just said she had no idea it was a werewolf or something like that. You know, she didn't know either. It was pretty weird. If its hawk was that high off the ground, it must have been a specimen. Yeah, but, you know, I was only seven or so. That's still pretty big. If you said you're only able to see its leg, you weren't able to see the rest of its body. Was the rest of its body in such a dark place that you couldn't make out any details, or was the body around a corner? Yeah, the body was just in such a dark place where I couldn't make out no detail. It was a real direct beam of light. I see. There was another time when you heard a growl. Please tell us about that. I was about 17, 19 years old, someplace in there, so 1997 to 1999. We were fishing, like we always do, at Satandaga River, which is right down over the bank from my house. And it started getting late, so we had decided to pack up and go in for the night. And as we were walking up the trail, I had forgotten my fishing pole. And I noticed, or we did, noticed uh, crunching in the leaves or heard it. Very subtle, like you, you couldn't really hear much, but enough to scare us. So we ran up to the bank and got my mother. And she got the car so she could shine the car lights down the bank so we could see a little bit, which didn't really do a whole lot. kind of shined off straight and not down. But we get halfway, well, you know, about halfway down the bank, and I also had had my dog with me named Jessie, and she stopped right in front of me and growled at something. And as she did that, something else growled back that sounded just like a jake break on a rig coming to a stop or going down a hill. It was like that kind of sound. It was a brrrr, if you can imagine. I'm sure everybody's heard that. And it was so loud that it reverberated my chest, and I actually pushed my mother up the hill, and she's a big woman, and I basically carried her and passed all my friends up to the top. 
<laughs> you passed all your friends. Sounds like that got your attention, and I don't blame you. No, I, I got out of there, buddy. Uh, another time when I uh, had a encounter in the woods, I was in Warrensburg, New York. This is north of Hadley. I was going to my friend's house because I was, you know, fairly depressed over the breakup. He went to work, and he left his binoculars and things behind so I could go out and do what I wanted to. He knew I liked hiking, so and I took the gear and started hiking up the mountain. And it was, you know, a normal time until I got about halfway up the mountain. There, there's a field, and in that field, there was about, I'd say, I don't know, 100 feet across or so. And something started trying to come at me, but it wasn't coming through the field. It was crashing through the trees around the field at me, at which time I noticed the thing or whatever trying to come at me. I panicked, literally, and jumped down a 15-foot embankment and ran as fast as I could as it's chasing me home. And I did hear it, and I could not look behind me. I was so terrified. I don't. <laughs> that's the fastest I've ever ran in my life. After having all these experiences like you did, how are you able to go back into the woods? With most people, they would have sworn it off. Well, that's a passion of mine. It's hard not to. So it leaves me with nothing to do. And now I don't do that. And it's, over time, I've slowly decreased my time in the woods, I say. Well, I can understand that. Yeah, when you're a kid, you do some dumb things that when you look back on as an adult, you just shake your head. But Considering the fact that back then when you were growing up, you just were surrounded by woods, I guess he didn't really have all that much choice. Yeah, like I said, it's really all I had to do, and I loved animals, especially birds, prey, and things like that, what I always try to look for. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another experience I had when I was a child was I was home alone at my grandmother's house. And everybody was off working. I was just trying to watch TV a normal night, and something howled that sounded like American Werewolf in London. If you ever heard that howl, but it had a reverberation to it, like it was howling into a uh, 55-gallon drum barrel or some sort of barrel, and it scared, scared me so bad that I turned up every single light in the house and ran in the bathroom and jumped in the tub until everybody got home. <laughs> that was that was really unnerving. That was quite a while to get home to. I think it was two hours. <laughs> Because of the encounters you've had, what kinds of changes have you made in your life? Well, like I said, I do not go in the woods as much as I used to. I love fishing, okay? I really love fishing, and I will not even go by myself. But, you know, even if I have somebody else, I really second-guess it before I'll go. And it takes me quite a while to work up the gumption to go. <laughs> After having all those experiences you talked about when you were a kid, and then the experiences that we have yet to talk about on tonight's show that you had when you got older, are you able to take the trash out after dark? Are you able to go out to the car or out to the truck after dark now without any problems? Or is it a real big hang-up that you still have a lot of trouble dealing with? Well, of course, it's always in the back of your mind, but I don't really have any trouble taking out the garbage, per se, or starting up a car, no. I would do that just consciously. I try not to think about it. It's, these things are overwhelming, as you can probably tell by the way I'm talking. Yeah, they're more than overwhelming. 
I'm glad to hear that you're able to deal with those experiences in such a healthy way. That's more than a lot of eyewitnesses can say. Yeah, well, like I said, when I was a child, it started early, so I'm fairly used to it. If you ever do get used to it. That's more than a lot of eyewitnesses can say. Now that we've covered your earlier experiences, please tell us about the other experiences you've had with them more recently. All right. Well, as you all know, I like camping. Say, uh, 2010, I was camping with my girlfriend, and we were woke from a uh, dead sleep by another terrifying howl that was probably, oof, I had to say, you know, maybe a football field away. And I woke her up, and it, it howled, like, multiple times. Right, and it sounded the same as it did when I was a child at my grandmother's house. So I knew what it was, and I was terrified. I had my dog there that was cowering in the tent with me after she heard it. What kind of a dog was it? She was an American bulldog. So she was a tough dog. She didn't cower for much, and she loved the woods just as much as I did. She would go with me camping, swimming, and she went everywhere I did. Yeah, American bulldogs, yeah, they don't shy away from much. So if she was cowering like that, it must have been pretty bad. Yeah, she came right up to me, and she squished, you know what I mean? And she she was whining. It was loud, man. I'm trying to think of how to explain it. It was so loud, it wakes you from dead sleep. If it's close, yeah, you're going to wake up. The other time, we were camping at a Girl Scout camp, and one had howled across the road. The Girl Scout camp was in Chatham, New York, and it was laid back in the woods, and there was a little pond on the, like the south end, and the road that led to the camp would be about not even a half mile. And this thing howled, and I heard it, and this time everything, the koi dogs and coyotes and everything just started going off. The owls even started hooping more and stuff like that. It was real strange. That one was kind of eerie. The most recent experience then, 2013, three years ago, my girlfriend and I went to the movies. I can't remember what movie we watched that night, which really bothers me. It was a pretty normal night, you know, essentially there was nothing going on out of the ordinary. The, the night was clear, it wasn't raining or anything like that. It was a nice night, really. Night a lot like this. We were going out to see a movie, and I can't remember the name of the movie. And we had, if I did, I, I could really narrow down the time frame for you. And, uh, anyway, we got to watching the movie, and on the way home, on a road called 9H in West Kent, New York, Right after the firehouse, going north, I seen something uh, just out of the headlights range that jumped. It looked like it jumped, and there's like a streak across the road that looked like about the size of a, a small bull that was trying to jump across the road. But, you know, obviously the bull would have made it. This thing just jumped right across. And as I was noticing this, I was telling myself I really wanted to slow down as much as I could. So I was doing about 55 at the time. And I started to apply the brake. And as I did, I started noticing what looked eyes out in the distance. And I started slowing down more. And as this creature started coming into view, or dog man, I noticed uh, amber eyes looking down at me. Sort of as a, a yellow Camaro SS. I was driving, so it's a kind of low car, so it was looking down at me with this grimace, uh, growl slash smirk on its face, and it was like scowling at me, and just looked real angry and evil, and then I think I already said it had amber eyes, and as I was approaching, it looked like it had an underbite, the teeth were, uh, looking, uh, 
like they were sticking out from the bottom jaw, but uh, they really weren't. And when I, as I got closer to it, I could tell that because uh, the way the teeth were in his mouth, uh, the canines were actually uh, was giving me that profile with his bottom uh, canine sticking up. Well, actually, two uh, canines sticking up uh, through three other canines on the top. The front canine would have been the shortest of the three followed by the longest canine in the middle on the top and a, a slightly shorter canine in the back. And the bottom two were basically equal in length, the bottom two canines. And the, the back teeth, the uh, incisors, were like a bear trap, almost perfectly interlocking together, but slightly sticking out through the side of his cheek. And mind you, these teeth are just pearly white as could be. They were glistening in the, the headlights of the car as I came up on the animal. And the uh, dog man was jet black in color. It was growling at me, like I said, and his ears were laid flat back on his head as if, uh, like, like it was going to get ready to pound. It didn't. It kept its head, actually, it kept its head perfectly straight as I drove by it. I didn't even look down at the car and I was which was weird, I thought. And I got a good side view of it, and that's how I know those canines look the way they do. And also the, the rear incisors, or not incisors, but carnassial teeth. And the incisor teeth in the front of it, uh, you know, the incisors were, they were uh, pointed. They were not flat like our teeth or other dog teeth. And I would say if I had to give the back creature an estimate in size, it would have to be, that was another big one. Yeah, I would say that's another 500 pounder at least. No, standing about seven, eight feet tall. Could have been taller than that. Nine maybe. They're hawks, I guess, if they stand up on them, they could stretch out and get right up there pretty good, you know? Oh, they can definitely be awfully big, no doubt about that. Yeah, that's the most surprising thing with them. Their actual size, and I, I'm, at that time, Vic, I thought they were werewolves. <laughs> I had no idea about dogmen. I just told my girlfriend, we just drove right by a werewolf and you didn't see a thing. <laughs> that's exactly what I told her, and she didn't believe me, and I told her I wasn't going back to check it out. I don't blame you. And lucky her for not seeing it. Yeah, she didn't see it. I wasn't bringing it up either. I was keeping quiet. Wow, what a night. That pretty much set the stone for me, Vic. I'd not go in the woods by myself, and I won't do anything as far as camping or going out by myself. I just won't do it. I have to have people with me. Well, it's awfully hard to look at the woods the same way when you know something like that's out there, so that's understandable. When you first saw that dog, man, you thought it was a timber wolf. Was it on all fours when you first saw it? Well, I couldn't really tell. When I first saw it, it was like hunched down. So it was, um, thanks. It was down in a culvert and it was staring straight at me. I wouldn't think it was, uh, no, it wasn't standing up. It was on all fours or it was hunched down a bit. And all I could see was, the front profile, the head, the front, the nose, and all the teeth, and the ears were laid back, and it was it was literally mad at me. Their facial expression, it's just really strange. I can't even explain it. They are not dumb in any way. They're definitely intelligent. They know what they're doing, and they do it purposely. Yeah, it definitely wasn't standing up. Thinking back on what that dog man looked like, what physical feature that it had do you consider to be the most unnerving? Oh, by far the teeth. When I seen its equipment, I can't picture what it needs that for. So I'd imagine that they are uh, hunting Sasquatches and 
I can't. It's just too much. It's overkill for humans or deer. They're designed to kill larger creatures, for sure, or larger animals, or however you want to put that. With weapons like that, I'd say that you're right. If that dog man would have stood up on its back legs, how tall do you think it would have been? It was big. When it ran across the road, I mean, you could have mistaken it for a cow or something, so I'd say eight feet, nine feet, something like that in that area. Because it had, a, like I said, a three-foot head at least, and I'm being generous with that. It's been mighty by bigger. But yeah, I mean, it would have been huge. It's a big animal. It sure sounds like it would have been. And uh, they're a majestic creature as well. I mean, they're not ugly as far as their coat or nothing. Their their hair gleams in the light and everything, and it almost looks like they're absorbing light. It's like looking at a lion or tiger, but more terrifying, <laughs> sure. Times ten. It does make you wonder, since they are creatures of the wild, how they'd be able to keep their coats looking so good. Yeah, I don't know. But that's a good question. Like I said, I know they're not stupid. They mean and they have intent. You know, so when they do something, they know what they're doing. They're so smart. You think they would be seen or, you know, assist trains. I don't understand. It's something that's beyond us. Yeah, just about everything about them is pretty strange. Do you see the fact that you have these experiences with dogmen as being a curse or maybe in a strange way a godsend? Because at least now you know what's out there in the woods and you can take the appropriate action to protect yourself. I look at it as a bit of both. I mean, I wish I hadn't seen them, but at the same time, I, I like to know that they're there. Ignorance is bliss. However, knowing comes with consequences. When you know something like that exists, Personally, it changes your life completely, and it's something that I have a real hard time talking about, as you can tell. It really is something that goes to your core, and then it stays there, and it's not something that you can freely just talk about. It's real difficult. I know that they're real common in Columbia County, and I wish people would make more reports, because I know people have seen them that I've talked to, and they're not reporting, and it's just uh, upsetting that we don't have, uh, let's say, the attention or whatever that this area should have, or Columbia County, the Adirondacks. You say Columbia County has a lot of dogmen. Besides your mom, do you know of anyone else who's had an encounter with one? Yeah, my sister, uh, my friends. I don't want to say their names, but two other friends. My stepsister. They seem to, I think it may have been the same one that I've seen, a jet black one, going across the road. Well, she said another time, Vic, my stepsister, actually, this is recent, that a black and brown wolf came out of the woods with a deer in its mouth, and she slammed on the brakes to stop for them. And the black one had set the uh, deer down, I guess, and looked at the car and her, picked the deer back up and bound it into the woods. And she just described it as a wolf. I'm like, the wolves don't do that, man. <laughs> and then it was a deer, dude. Yeah, that was no wolf. We know that. I don't even know if people are understanding what they're seeing, or I just wish they would uh, come forward so they don't have to live with it. Well, if they feel they're ready to come forward and talk about that, that's fine. But if they want to keep it to themselves, that's fine too. Whatever they think's in their best interest is what I'd want them to do. That's for sure. I mean, if you're uncomfortable, I mean, don't do it. I'm a bit uncomfortable. It took me until now to even, even file one report on the internet. Not something that I necessarily want people to know I know. I just want people to know that they're out there. That's my main objective. Well, like I told you in the pre-interview, I'm glad you decided to come forward and share that. Thanks, and 
and uh, I really appreciate it, Vic. I mean, it, it helps. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Oh, I just wish I could do more, so. Well, it's about time for us to get out of here, Jared. Before we do, do you have any closing comments you'd like to share? Yes. I want to make sure that people know that these things are out there. Do not go in the woods at night by yourself. Be vigilant around you. Take my word for it. They exist. I'm just a normal guy. As you can tell, I don't do this ever. Please, take my yeeds. Do not go into the woods alone at any time, even day and night. Try to go in with somebody. People come up missing and lost all the time. And just think of what's doing it. I mean, something is. Well, that's well said. Well, thanks so much for your time, Jared. I really appreciate it. Okay, Vic. You too, buddy. Thanks. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. If you've had a dogman encounter of your own and would like to speak with me, whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you. 